0: Welcome, everybody, to the latest Lean Lamp Media podcast episode. I'm here with Cody today. We're going to be diving into some video interview content. Now, how do we break down what goes into a video interview? Well, it's something we specialize here at Lean Lamp Media because we shoot a lot of them. Cody, why don't you, uh, dive into some stuff here?
1: Yeah. So I think the most important thing is identifying what the goal of your interview is. Like there's a lot of reasons you could be interviewing people. Is it like a story driven documentary type thing? Is it a testimonial? Is it a behind the scenes or you're trying to gain perspective? So from a marketing perspective, understanding what the end product is, is going to make it a lot easier for how you want to ask the questions and how you want to like coach the talent to prompt the kind of answers you want. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the most important things starting off is just what are the questions that you're going to ask the talent, you know, identify what they want, their personality, and then how can you really break that down into what you can ask them?
1: Well, and that's huge because every person's different. Not everyone's super social, especially on video. You put someone in front of a camera, you slap a mic on them. And for some people, that's deer in headlights. They just blank and they are giving you one word answers. Mm-hmm. So if you have a guest that's a little more difficult, learning how to like coach them and get them comfortable and prompt the answers you're looking looking for because a big part of it is listening for those golden sound bites of like, yep, I can use that. Yep. I can use that. Mm-hmm. You know, people on the news do it every day when they're interviewing people like, yep, that's going to make the final story. So you're essentially treating your interview as here is this amount of time that I have to fill and I want a really good soundbite to either lead it off, end it, or something that you can clip out for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, with coaching them, I think one of a really important aspect of that is having them reframe the question because a lot of times they just say something, it might not make sense in the context without saying what the actual question was. So a lot of reframing needs to be done uh, for that, yeah.
1: For sure. And sometimes you might go in with a set of questions and think, oh, this has worked for other people in the past. I've got a cookie cutter kind of five questions or whatever that's going to get everything. But you may find that as you're talking with them, maybe there's something that was unique about their situation or maybe they have a perspective that's just totally unique and you ask one question, you get another, you get them passionately talking about something because how people present themselves how they sit up how they you know express themselves that all translates on the screen and the sound bites so whenever someone's more excited typically the sound bites are a little better and that translates to the audience watching at home
0: yeah 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 it's all about adaptability and uh including that is uh the framing and the audio that you want to get from the person doing the the testimony or whatever. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Audio is huge. I mean, so here we use, um, a couple lavalier mics Mm -hmm. and that normally works out really well because you can put it on people's collars, you can put it on their jacket and you're able to get really high quality audio. But sometimes guests tend to talk with their hands. Sometimes they might slap it. Sometimes they, you know, the, the wire might be visible and that's not as professional looking. So if you're using a lot it's important to be mindful of placement of mics and how that translates. I think we have a good grasp of it because we do so many, mm. but I know that sometimes like say they're wearing a white blazer, you're going to want to hide the black wire, because otherwise it's going to draw a lot of attention to it. For sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, also watching out for things like if they're tapping their hands or if they're just moving their hands towards the mic. Like, sometimes we have someone, like, they'll literally move, like, the wire of the mic, and it's like, you can't do that, you know what I mean? So, just things like that to watch out for.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also, what's nice is, you know, we have good equipment to record the stuff, but then even in post-production, there's so many enhancements you can do in Premiere or whatever editing software you have. So, like, the job's never fully done. Yeah, you just have to clean
0: up the audio and everything like that.
1: For sure, especially when you're splicing stuff together because you shouldn't think that, like, an interview is like a podcast where it's like I'm interviewing them for 15 minutes. We need 15 minutes of solid sound bites of them basically leading the conversation and you're just kind of guiding them. You can kind of chop it up because... A lot of stuff we do, it's more focused on the client. Mm-hmm. So we might be prompting all the questions, but we're never in the videos or rarely in the videos, at mm-hmm. least. So we have to make sure that we get enough sound bites and get enough room to play with as far as the sound bites they give us mm-hmm. that we can splice together a video with the narrative we're going for. For sure.
0: Yeah. You gotta be able to piece everything together and tell a story through the sound bites and, and just really make something cohesive that, that really comes together and works.
1: So. For sure. And I I know one of the interesting things about doing interviews, especially on location, obviously we have a studio here, but all the different settings we're in, you know, we have a good travel bag where we can bring a lighting kit, bring multiple cameras, bring all the stuff we need, but we sometimes don't know if we're going to get thrown in a corner an office, if, we're going to do it on the street. Like, there's yeah. a lot of different settings. And how do you kind of prepare for those surprises? And what do you kind of look for for like, this is a good.
0: Yeah. Well, aesthetic. I mean, set design is really important. So it's just really looking out for what type of background are we working with? Is it just a blank wall or can we utilize a certain part of the building? What can we put in the foreground and the background? What type of props can we use? There's just so much that goes into it. Even like the color of the environment. Like, are we in a boring, dull environment where it's just a white wall, or can we utilize something? Even if it's a TV or something, can we put something on the TV to make it more interesting in the in the background or something? You know what I mean? So
1: yeah, that's why I love that we invested in those color changing LED lights. Mm. So in addition to the softbox lights that we use as like our key and fill lights. Um, we also have those that we can make the background a little more interesting or help the subject pop because some of the greatest tools we have is our lenses and our ability to really make the guest pop and mm-hmm. create that three dimensional look. Yeah. So the
0: color is just so important with, yeah. with lighting and everything. Like It really takes something from dull and boring to, oh, this is so vibrant and, and more, much more visually interesting.
1: Absolutely. And there's a lot of customization with that. Even if we're planning on using a bunch of B-roll over top of it, you're still going to want to show the subject at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing to be mindful of. Like if you're, you know, interviewing on location and you want to show off what your business does, you're probably going to want a lot of demo footage of whatever it is you do or the kind of feel you're trying to go. because mm-hmm talking head videos can get boring visually, even with a very good looking set. Mm. So you're going to want to add stuff to keep people engaged and keep their eyes on the screen. So what, what's your thought process from like a B-roll perspective?
0: Yeah. You always want to look out for, for a potential B-roll uh, and really you should be studying it beforehand. Uh, what is your desk going to be talking about again? What is that call to action going to be? So you really want to keep in mind. Hey, what, what would be a good thing to do there? Like we do a lot of dental work. So I would say just getting B-roll for in the operatory or whatever, get shots of the building, interactions with the patient, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely important to know like what the client is interested in, getting a feel of their personality, how they want to present their brand in addition to what the target audience of it is because it's equally important to make the client happy as it is for the, how it translates because until they can see the execution and really buy into it, that first project you work with someone, you might have to do them a l- give them a little convincing of like, well, this is why we need to do this. You know, it's going to pay off. Just trust me because it can be kind of hard to just tell people sometimes just, just trust me, I got this. It works. I promise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The post production is so important just because people get bored. People have like very short attention spans nowadays. So you really just want to keep them visually interested from what's the next thing because just one talking head with a person just straight talking through the whole way. Even if they're talking about an interesting subject, the uh, the mind is gonna wander because they're just sitting there talking, you know.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even if it's you know, even if you have somebody for like fifteen minutes like having an interview it might get chopped down to like two or even less, you know, mm-hmm. cause it, it's all dependent on like how it comes across. You don't want to bore the person you're interviewing mm-hmm. because then that's going to translate in their sound bites, And you certainly don't want to bore the audience once you release it. So I have been kind of shifting my mindset of how, I make those kind of videos and make talking head videos more interesting by really boiling down to just the meat and potatoes mm-hmm. and what people are going to be interested in mm-hmm. because you can always make a longer cut.
0: Yeah. We could and have a, sometimes there's a, there's like more than one plate too. So you can create multiple videos sometimes for one interview. So.
1: Yeah. And that comes down to like boiling, like what are you trying to get out of this? Mm. Sometimes, a person's expertise or experience in something really can fill multiple buckets. So, not being afraid to say, I know we were just going to do one video, but here's three videos because it might be a little confusing to read as one thing. And then you're having more content that you can you can release over time because you want a constant stream of content. So, let's say you're sitting down with one person, but you can get three or four pieces of content Mm. out of them. Then say you upload once a week, that's almost a month of content you have just from that one interview. So, and that kind of comes out with the coaching. Mm -hmm. If you coach the, the talent, the person on camera and they know that they're going to get this much out of it, it might make it easier for them to get talking and go on tangents because they're like, oh, well, we can probably use this. Or if not, it just gets left on the editing floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, kind of going back to audio too, I think music is a really good uh, aspect of the audio soundscape that you want to create during uh, an interview or testimonial style video.
1: For sure. Not only does it like keep things interesting, but it's also a great way to hide cuts. Mm-hmm. So when we shoot a testimony for example we typically do two angles we have like the head on and then we have one on the side that's drastic enough that it doesn't violate the 30 degree rule um so when we cut between those angles without any b roll it looks okay on the video side of things but sometimes the sound bites could be a little clippy mm-hmm. they could kind of bleed in from one to another so by having music in your sound bed you can help mask some of that which is a really cool effect and you don't even think about it because music's such a common place in media but if you ever listen to a radio ad or even some podcast interviews have music behind them and it really does add something but you need to be mindful not to pick music that is overbearing and kind of overshadows the conversation and the material that's important
0: yeah Or even just being aware of, hey, this doesn't match the vibe of what we're going for. Like, I know we send stuff to certain clients before and then they say, hey, this is good, but that's just not the type of, uh, like, thing I'm going for there. So, yeah.
1: For sure. And that's why it's important to before anything, research your client or, or really understand what you're going after, because if you're doing it for internal purposes, you have a good sense of like what you're looking for and what you think is appropriate for that. So you already have a good basis, but for us, where we're trying to work with other clients and help them discover their own voice, it's so huge for us to understand what they're looking for, what they want out of this and help elevate their voices mm. because at the end of the day, like we're not adding our voice to it. We're just using our tools to help elevate. Yeah. We want to amplify their message. Exactly. To out to people. And I think that's that's the real art to interviewing and getting these kind of pieces of content because you're letting the person who's either been positively affected by the business or someone who works in that business or whatever it may be mm-hmm. you're getting them saying however it is it's straight out of the horse's mouth of this is this is what it's like mm-hmm. and i think it's so powerful to have those perspectives and you can always reference those back like you can turn a longer form thing into a short form tiktok content you could spin it off later into other pieces of content, maybe, you know, down the line, you're trying to make a commercial and hey, I got a really good soundbite of, of the CEO talking about how great, you know, their practices. Mm-hmm. Well then great, you can pull that for a later thing and you're just building this bank of content, both audio wise and the B roll wise.
0: Yeah, the yeah, interviews are just great for getting that genuine aspect of someone's experience, either technically or, or for what they've experienced. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. Especially in a day and age where I feel like personality is so valued, like your own personal brand and having that like authentic human touch of like, Hey, we're real people doing real things. Mm -hmm. This is why you should go with us because you know we're relatable. We're real people too. Yeah. And there's a lot of value to incorporating interviews into really every business. No, I think it's such a valuable tool that can fit any scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you said earlier, you put it on social media, put it on your website. You can turn a spoken, a video testimonial into a written testimonial. Put it on your website. However you want to do it. There's just multiple ways that you can implement it into your. Your content over overview
1: exactly distribution is key and knowing what to do with it
0: content is king
1: content is king
0: well do we have anything else for it
1: i think that's that's the gist
0: all right well thank you everybody for tuning in to this episode of the lead lamp podcast uh you can contact us at leadlamps.com for more information about how we can help you with your business